0: You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church at church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. Hey, I'm glad you're joining us. First thing I want to do is say thanks, Jeff, for kicking us off last week in our new sermon series. We're talking about losing my religion. Now today, I want to start with the thought of a moral compass. You know what a compass is, right? It's a, it's a little device you've got that's magnetized and, and uh, the needle always points north. Now, because it's pointing north, you also know where south, east, west, and all the other directions are, but it's always pointing north. It's always focused on north. Now, imagine, great example for a moral compass. Imagine a big group of people out in the wilderness somewhere. It's overcast, can't see the stars. They don't have a map. They don't have GPS and they don't have a compass. The only way they can figure out how to get out of the wilderness is by what they are feeling inside. That's gonna be a disaster, right? Because this person is gonna feel that that way is home and somebody else is gonna feel that way is home and, and, and it's gonna be a disaster. And that's where we are in a society when we lose our moral compass. It's everybody just does what they feel. And imagine what that's like also individually. When we don't have something that keeps us pointed north, keeps us focused north, like focused on God. As Christians, our moral compass is God in his word. It's what helps us keep focused. But even if you're not a religious person, you still need some moral compass. Because without it, without something that tells us there's some bigger, greater good, something that's directing everything in our lives, and in our communities and in our culture and society, without that, you know what, you can, you can justify just about anything you want to. I mean, I've, I've heard people justify cheating on their taxes because, uh, you know, hey, it's our money anyway, you know, we are the government and they took it from me, you know, in, in the first place. I've heard people justify shoplifting from, from expensive stores because they've got plenty of money and if I just take what I need, then it really won't make a difference. But, but let me say this, that you really don't need anything in an expensive store. You might want something there, but you don't really need anything, right? And, and I, I've even heard, this may be crazy to you, but I have even heard people justify having a, an affair, being unfaithful to their spouse. And I guess one of the biggest ones we see most of the time is how people justify their lying. You know, I, I used to have a friend, uh, uh, we, were, we were good friends, still a friend, but he used, to, uh, he used to say a lot of times, which I didn't lie. Do you know, if you have to qualify, you probably did lie, right? And when we go too far with that, when it goes to extremes, we see crimes and the most horrific crimes. You know, probably all of us have seen crimes that just blew us away. You know, uh, mass killing or, or some kind of abuse the sex trade that is so prevalent today and 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 we we all think how does a person get that far away from societal mores uh, and, and the values of a culture the answer no moral compass you know when I knew I was going to be pastoring a church that was independent non denominational whichever word you like to use you know my greatest concern and maybe this wasn't a concern for you, but a concern for me, is that I would not have that oversight or I would not have that connection to people who would keep me focused. I would not have that that, that would help me steer away from heresy. Now, now listen, I, I, I don't think I've ever, ever been uh, tempted to have a cult. You know, I really don't like that kind of you know uh, blind faith that someone would follow me with. And so I'm not really talking about that, but I'm talking more like this that I was afraid I would develop my own religion outside of what God's was. I wanted to make sure I, I, I stayed true to God's word. And so it was, it was with purposeful planning and follow through and, and, and with the appointments of an accountability board of guys who just wouldn't show up if there was a problem, but who would check on me and, and ask me questions and listen to my sermons and, and read my articles and, and even friends that I call from time to time and ask them to listen to a sermon. And even people who aren't Christians, people who have opposing views from me. Now, why would you ask someone who's not a Christian to listen to your message? I'll tell you why. They're our target, right? As a church, they are our target. And, and, and I want to know, you know, is there something here that's really off-putting? Is there something here that's, that's really leading you away from even wanting to hear my message? I want to know that kind of thing. Now, I'm not the only person that is in danger of heresy. In 2911, in the past, and I hadn't said this in a few months, but everyone needs a few friends around them, good, strong friends who realize when something's wrong. We we, we call it four plus one, like four strong friends, and one like a mentor. You know, and I also like to say it this way, is you need a that stupid friend. You know what that is, right? Someone that you allow to look you in the face and say, That is stupid. Do you have a friend like that? We all need a friend like that. Because if we don't have those friends, friends who challenge us when we begin to get out of line with our moral compass, then we're always going to be struggling with that. Now, lest we begin to feel like we're above that, and we've got it all figured out, and we don't need to listen to anybody else, let's remember that Jesus had that moral compass too. He wasn't just down here making it up as he went. Read with me from the book of John, chapter seven. So Jesus told them, my message is not my own. It comes from God, his father who sent me. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or merely my own. Those who speak for themselves won't glory only for themselves, but a person who seeks to honor the one who sent him speaks truth, not lies. Did you hear that? Jesus said, my message is not just for me. It's from my Father in heaven. And Jesus is giving us an example here to keep that moral compass, that while Jesus was here and all these distractions, all these things going on, he stayed connected to the Father. He didn't develop his own religion while he was here. This was something that he and his Father, and he says, we're one, that they already had planned. Everything was already planned from the foundations of the world. It was already planned. Now, this is not just a mere call to be obedient just for the sake of obedience. Obedience is important. You'll hear us talk about obedience in our sermons. Obedience is important. But you know, it's not just about obedience and doing the right thing. This is also about impact. You wanna have impact? I mean, we wanna do things, right? And and we wanna have impact, we wanna have influence. And if you want to, then here's the thing we're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to lose our religion. I need to lose my religion and make sure that I'm staying connected to Christ's religion. I mean, if I want to have impact, who better to follow? What example do we have better than the one who... who consensus says the most influential person who has ever lived on the face of the earth is Jesus Christ. More books have been written about him. More, his own book, <laughs> the Holy Bible. I, I mean, that's, uh, it's the most printed, it's the most purchased, it's the most given away book in all of history. the the followers that he has today. And, And two millennia later, and we're still preaching about Jesus. No one has had that much influence. Doing it his way is the way of impact. So it's not just about doing it to be obedient, but to have impact. Don't you want to impact when you're done with whatever it is that you're passionate about doing? Then let's follow his example. Now let me give you three things that I have deduced that I believe scripture shows us the way that Christ engaged with others, okay? I believe scriptures bear this out. I believe this is exactly how Christ engaged with others. And this is just one little thing, but in, in, in three little statements right here. And here's the first one. Jesus was rude to very, very few people. Had <laughs> you go in there for a second when I pause, right? He was rude, but he was only rude to a very, very few people. Here's the second thing. Jesus was not rude to people just because they disagreed with him. The night before he died, do you know what was going on? He he had people that are accusing him of things. They actually hired people to come in and give false testimony against him. He was beaten. He was smacked upside the head with with fists and open hands. He he was beaten with a a whip. And, And he was not just had people disagree with a a thought or two he had, but everything he had ever said. And you know what the Bible says his response was? It says he answered not a word. Even with those who disagree with him, he was not rude. Okay, here's the third thing. He was rude to very few people, right? And uh, he was not rude to people just because they disagreed with him. Here's the criteria that I've found is when Jesus was rude to people. He was rude to people who were supposed to be leaders, but who instead were breaking the law. Now, see, that's why it narrows down so small. He wasn't rude to a lot of people. He was rude just to those leaders who were breaking the law or those who should be leaders because they served in position or they were in a place where where they should have been leaders, but they misused the law. They twisted it for their own benefit. Those were the only people that jesus was rude to so you know what if my religion causes me to be rude it's probably not christ's religion and boy i've done it i've been rude by email i've been rude by text i've been rude on social media i have been rude face to face and had to back up go to someone eat crow apologize fix it you know make amends All of those things, I've had to do it before. And if I I am ever rude again, you know, just chalk it up. I probably had a bad day. Call me on it, challenge me on it. Because if I'm being rude in the name of Christ, it probably really isn't in Christ. Here's what we have to do as Christians. We must often decide if we want people to hear our personal message or our Jesus message because they're not gonna listen to both. If we share our personal message, there are gonna be a lot of people that don't listen to anything else. They'll never hear our Jesus message. So we have to choose to get our Jesus message out there, first and foremost, and sometimes only. We have to make that decision. And and I'm speaking here to all Christians. I'm speaking to leaders probably more than all Christians, but all Christians, we have to make that decision. I wanna have impact. I want to have influence. I don't don't want to just talk. I want something to be impacting you right now, influencing you right now. And so I want to follow the example of Christ because no one had more impact than he did. Okay, so let's talk about having impact Jesus' way. Okay, now, let me show you a little something about his impact. John chapter 7, um, Matthew chapter 7, chapter 13, chapter 21 and 22, Luke chapter 2 and 4, and John chapter 1 and 6, they all have something in common. They have verses in there, and I've got all the links for you on the online sermon notes so that you can follow those and actually read the stories there. But in every one of them, people noted the impact of Christ. Some of the things that were said is that they asked the question, how does he know this stuff? Or how does does he know these things? There was another time, and and it was guards that said this. They said, We've never heard anyone speak like this before. And several times you see uh, where people said they were amazed or they were astounded. And and one of the reasons given for that is they said he spoke with such, such authority. Authority? What kind of authority? Whose authority? We already know. We read the scripture a few moments ago, right? He said, It's not me, it's not my message, it's my father's message. And so he was speaking by his authority. You know, my authority, if I speak to you out of my authority, it goes about this high. But when we speak Jesus' message, when we speak by His authority, it is unlimited. There's nothing it cannot accomplish. His word will accomplish exactly what it was intended to accomplish. That's actually part of the word as well. That's why it's not about my religion, it's not about what I think, it's not about what I feel. It's about His religion, it's about His way, it's about His teaching. So what was it that he said? How, how did he speak in such a way that, that people asked these questions? How does he know this? Or they were amazed and astounded. I'm glad you asked. Okay, let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Uh, I could take you to all of these, but we to just take you to one and try to wrap this sermon up. Okay, so, so stay with me here. Matthew chapter 7. Now, Jesus is teaching in the first 27 verses are really about him teaching, okay? And he begins with some warnings. He says, don't judge others. Now that was a big one back in that time because the law that they followed was all about judging, okay? But he goes a little deeper with that. He says, be careful finding fault in others when you are ignoring your own faults. Wow, listen to that. I'm paraphrasing here, okay? So we kind of get it a little quicker here. But he's telling us, be careful finding fault with others while ignoring your own faults. Man, just think about that. He, he, he really says, you know, don't try to get that little speck out of your friend's eye when you've got a big log in yours. But that's what it means. And then he also said, don't waste, don't waste your efforts. Don't waste your efforts in those places where you know it's not going to be accepted. Whoa, think about that. Jesus said, to, don't, don't just go, don't just speak, but do it with purpose. And he gives us guidance and guidelines on that. Now, then after these warnings, he, he gives us some encouragement. And it's not just encouragement for me and you, it's encouragement that we need to be sharing with other people. Okay, here's some of the things he says in the, in the middle of this message chapter seven of Matthew, is he says, keep on asking and you will receive, keep on seeking and you will find, keep on knocking and the doors will open this world needs to hear that your communities need to hear that. your friends need to hear that it's jesus said like, keep on th- don't give up keep on going after it it's going to happen because and this is the next thing he says god wants to give good things he wants to give good gifts to us and this world really needs to hear that because too often what they've heard is they've heard an angry christian message from somebody and so i think a lot of people in the world think That we say God is angry at the world, but can I ask you a question? If God was angry at the world, then why did he send his son to die for the world? Why, Why would he do that? He's not angry at the world. He loved the world. John 3, 16. He loved the world so much, he sent his son to die for the world. And then right after that, Jesus speaks the words that you and I call the golden rule. You know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you those are the things that cause people to say wow we've never heard anybody speak like this okay but then he gives just some practical teaching right here at the end and he wraps up and we're going to be wrapping up right after this he says the path to eternal life is narrow but the path that leads anywhere else to to death is wide it's 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 big it's broad it, it, it's, it's harder to go this way and it's easy to go this way. But think about what he's saying here in, in context of, of this message. If we were to bring that into this context, what's he saying? He's saying, and we know that he said this in another place, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So the way to eternal life is his way. My religion is one of those other ways that doesn't lead to eternal life. Your religion is one of those other ways that doesn't lead to eternal life. Your friend's way, your friend's religion doesn't lead to eternal life. Apologies to your grandma, but your grandma's religion does not lead to eternal life unless she has Jesus' religion. That's the only, that's the only religion. That's the only way that can get us there. Okay, and so it's because of that that then he says this next thing when he says, be careful who you're listening to because there are people out there saying things that aren't true, calling them truth, but they're really false. And, and and so who are you listening to? Think about that. We should be listening, if I'm a Christ follower, I should be listening to people who are drawing me closer to Christ, making me wanna dig deeper, making me wanna find out more about him, make me wanna understand more of who he is and, and be stronger in my relationship with him. That doesn't mean I can't listen to a a business TED talk or something. It doesn't mean I can't read a a book or or watch a movie, but that I need to be careful that all those influences and things that I put into my life are not anti-Jesus message and would lead me to follow someone else's religion instead of Jesus' way of doing things. And then he quickly says, being busy, that's not the goal. Just doing stuff your way, my way, whoever's way doing it just to do it. That's not enough. It's about following God's will. Wow, this whole chapter just seems to be about this message right here, doesn't it? And then he wraps it up this way. He says, if you hear my teaching, which remember he said, my teaching is my father's teaching. If you hear my teaching and do it, he said, you'll be building a house on a rock. Here's what he's saying, he's saying my way The way I do things, my religion, Christianity, following after me is a rock that you can build your life on. But your religion, my religion, is shifting sand. That's what he says. To not follow him is like building your house on shifting sand. My religion is shifting sand. That's why I need to lose my religion. And then verse 28 of that chapter. Matthew said, when Jesus had finished saying these things, all the people were amazed at his teaching. They were amazed at his teaching. Jesus had impact. You know, listen, I want you to have impact. Yeah, I want you to be obedient, but I want you to have impact. And hey, I've been there before and where I, I, I want to change minds so much. And, and when people don't listen, I bear down, I push harder and, I end up yelling, right? And nobody's listening by then, right? I want you to have impact. And having impact is only going to happen when we do it Jesus' way. You remember me saying just a second ago, I want to change minds? That's my religion. But you know his religion? When we do it his way, when we, when we speak the Jesus message, we don't change minds. We change hearts and lives and for eternity. Jesus has given me Passion he's given me something awesome to do for him. We say that at 29 11 all the time Everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus. He has given us these passions and he has given us direction in how to use them How to share them? How to speak them? Let's make sure we do that Would you join me in prayer? Father, I thank you for the direction you give us not just the passion and not just the calling, not just the gifts, all these things you've given us, but I thank you also for the direction. So we're not just doing it, but we're being influential. We're having impact because we're following your direction. So I pray, God, as we, we just face all these distractions and face all these struggles, and, and especially in the times that we're in right now, so many things, God, that can easily get our attention off of true north, off of being pointed towards you. Help us not just... Not just hear what people say your word says, but help us go to your word and know for ourselves what your word says. To not have someone else's religion of you, not to even have our own religion of you, but for us to have Christ's understanding and know. God, and help us to stay focused on this Christ message, this gospel, this message that is love and joy and peace and justice and grace. God, I pray today that you help all of us turn again and remember, keep us on the basics and keep us grounded, Lord, in that, that message that says you love this world so much that you gave your only son to die for our sins so that anyone who believes in him could have eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray with You can email our prayer team at prayer at church2911.com or text us at 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting church2911.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. Thanks for listening to the 2911 Sermons Podcast. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.